Andrew Canwell there, uh, Lockdown Love, and I can also say that that's one of my favourite singles uh, of the year so far. Anyway, 
I caught up with Andrew Cantwell at the weekend and we had a good chat and here we go. Andrew Cantwell, welcome uh, to the show here on Pulse 98.4. How are you, my friend? Very well, Ronnie. It's very good to be here. Uh, you know, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure, uh, you know, to be invited, you know, and someone that has helped me and many others massively, you know, I really appreciate what you do you know, for grassroots music and promoting, you know, new music. A lot of music I would never have heard myself if it wasn't for you. I mean, So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. We will talk about the single, but I was just telling, I was just telling the listeners there before, before the interview that Lockdown Love, I'm going to be honest and say it's one of my favourite singles of the past year. And it's just such a great song. It came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, I, I remember writing it um, in my partner at the time's bedroom and I sent it to, you know, my mentor, uh, John Kettle from Merry Hill, who was also my producer. Uh, and he plays on, uh, you know, all my tracks. And initially I wanted it just as a really slow ballad. And he said, you need to come in here and record that. Within minutes, we decided it needed drums. It needed bass. Wow. You know, and I didn't even have to change any of the lyrics. You know, he just said it's fine as it is. And normally when I write something, I have to chop and change the lyrics or the verses maybe four or five times before I'm happy with it. And he said, no, just leave it as it is. You know, it's got a message. You know, lockdown love. It's very apt for the times. Yeah. Now... You were born in Glasgow and you were brought up in Renfrew. And now you, I think you, you're just outside Wigan. I stay in a place called Standish, uh, which they say is the sort of affluent part of Wigan. Um, it's it's my home for home now. Yeah. You know, I, I still miss Scotland massively, uh, you know, but I'm here, you know, and I'm an adopted pie eater, as they call us. Anyway, you had a life-changing moment. That's the only way I can describe it just now. And that was the catalyst for you to get back into music and writing music. Would you like to tell the listeners about that? It was a life-changing moment. I had to give up my job uh, to look after my late wife uh, for the last five years of her life. And that was like, you know, quite difficult at times. You know, and I was naive enough to think that after I'd done all my chores as such, you know, as a carer, I deserved a drink, and I took that to extremes. And I was drinking out of control. And there was a lot of things going wrong with my life, uh, which I don't want to go into. Yeah. Um, but it was just a water infection in the end that took her, um, and a thing called sepsis, which I had not a clue about, you know, took her life, basically. And that was quite traumatic. It took me to a very, very dark place. I was isolated. I didn't want to do anything. And it was my son that said to me at the time, Dad, I'm at music college and it is absolutely amazing, this place. It's right up your street. Why don't you come along? And I said, no, you can't go to college with your son. Come on. He said, no, Dad, you'll love it. And I felt as if I would stick out. I would be the oldest guy there and Anyway, I managed to be persuaded and I went along and I found my tribe. 
you know, the people that were there, there was people my age, there was people a lot younger than me, and it gets back to music as ageist, really. And through doing that and getting confident to perform, uh, perform in front of an audience, because I was always just a bedroom player, uh, John Kettle, who plays on my music, he instilled in me confidence to start writing more and recording more. And he's probably, in my opinion, one of the best sound engineers in the country. And he just took that self-belief from zero to 60 in a matter of weeks. Wow. And I went in with him initially and I recorded Watching the World Go By purely, you know, to, to actually fulfil a dream. You know, I always wanted to release my own CD or my own record. And I only wanted to distribute that to friends and family, which I did. But the response to that was quite overwhelming. People like yourself and other radio stations, you know, started to play it. And that was just mind-blowing. And it's just kind of developed from there. You know, that gave me the confidence to write the Lockdown Love one. I'm currently writing more songs. And I always have kind of played with writing poetry and writing songs. But the songs that I was writing, I never ever thought they were any good. The praise and the plaudits and, you know, everyone else, you know, family, friends and people in the industry getting back to me and saying, this is a really good song, you know. Um, it's kind of, it's mind-blowing, as I say, Ronnie. Now, you gave up... You gave up drinking totally. You went to music college. Was this like a rebirth for you, Andrew? Definitely, and it's a cliche. Uh, you know, it's probably the best decision I've ever made. Uh, and I remember initially thinking, how am I going to get through life without a drink? I've drank since I was 11 years of age. What's it going to be like at Christmas? Hug me day. What's it going to be like on my birthday? You know, how am I going to go into, uh, you know, music venues and open mics and gigs and not have a drink? How am I going to go to gigs, you know, and, you know, concerts and not have a drink? But to be honest with you, I can do all of that. And I'm just as happy having a lime and soda on it as I am having, you know, 10 pints. Yeah. And no. one of the things we were talking about before we came on here, I used to go to these open mic nights. And I used to always play a song called Drunk Like Me, which isn't my song, you know, and everyone thought it was my song because that's exactly what I was like. I was drunk when I'd done it. Wow. And numerous times I couldn't remember the words, so I couldn't remember the chords, but people thought that was part of my act. And it's really strange. I still do that same song, but I do it sober. Yeah. And I remember the words. <laughs> always good. Now, you had an ambition you wanted to release a song, a single on CD. And with your first single, you managed to do that. You released a CD, Watching the World Go By. And on the B-side, you put a cover of a great Waterboy song. Not a lot of people know this, but that song in particular, How Long Will I Love You, uh, was made big by Ellie Goulding. And everyone seems to think it's her song. Yeah. And... Mike Scott, in my opinion, is a very underrated singer-songwriter. You know, he doesn't get the plaudits that he deserves. 
everyone associates the Water Boys with one song, The Hole of the Moon. He's got so many, so many uh, songs. As a solo artist, I highly recommend you check him out. You know, his output as a solo artist is phenomenal. But the Water Boys have always been, you know, one of my big bands. You know, one of my always go-to, uh, you know, CDs. When I feel sad, happy or indifferent, I always look for the, the album Fisherman's Blues and yeah, the outtakes, you know, from the sessions. And the guy's an absolute genius. And that song in particular is very, very, you know, close to my heart, um, lyrically. And I wanted to go in and do it as a duet. Uh, I remember rehearsing it, uh, you know, with another female at college and it sounded good. But there was a girl at college, uh, Alex Strickland, who sings, you know, backing vocals with me. Um, just had the voice for it. And it had such a big band feel to it. There's like live drums, there's piano, there's bass, there's lead guitar. And it just all came together. And I was wanting initially to release that as the A-side. Um, but, you know, my peers told me to just, you know, have it as a double A-side. Yeah. You know, watching the world go by and how long will I love you? look back we're going to talk a little bit about lockdown love and of course looking back the past 18 months have not been normal by any manner of means i don't think any of us thought we would live through anything like this and lockdown love 
did happen with Lockdown Love. Uh, in the song itself, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of lyrical stuff in the song is about doing things that we, you know, had to do, had to get out of our comfort zone and, you know, go walks in nature. And I found that, you know, there's I've stayed in Wigan over 20 years and through lockdown, there's many places on my doorstep I didn't even know existed. And there's a lot of lyrical content in the song as well when it talks about Mother Nature and fields of gold and fields of green and the robins in the trees and whatnot. And these were other things I fell in love. I fell in love with actually going out walking. Yeah. And so it's got a kind of double meaning uh, to the actual term lockdown love, you know, and like relationships, you know, there was many relationships during lockdown that either started or ended. So, you know, a lot of the feedback that I get from people that listen to it, they relate to it in their own way, which is just staggering. The the thing that I noticed during the, the, the first lockdown, Andrew, was, okay, you had no air travel. You had very little cars on the road. And you started to hear things that you hadn't heard before. Like you did start to hear the birds singing in the trees. And I think Lockdown Love covers all that because a lot of people discovered a love of nature during lockdown. And the song. That's exactly the message I was trying to get across in the song as well. And, you know, people have said to me it's got such a you know, a catchy chorus as well, you know. And whether we relate to it, we all relate to it in different ways, I suppose. And I thought at first, I'm going to hate hearing this song. You know, I'm going to hate it getting played, you know. But I I listen to it in a totally different context now, and it's weird, you know. And and it's positive as well, you know, and certain places, I mean, I never thought for a minute BBC Scotland would play it. I never thought certain radio stations up and down the country would play it numerous times and even make it their single of the week. Yeah. So as we are climbing, as we are getting, I'm not going to say back to normal because it's probably still far from normal, but we are getting, hopefully, starting to get out there again. Hopefully gigs are going to be starting. Will you want to get out there and play? It's kind of held us all back. You know, I've always been involved with open mics and um, what's called snug sessions down here, which is a kind of monthly thing I'm involved in. The venues and the hospitality industry in a whole has suffered. Um, but hopefully, touch wood, you know, we're back to some kind of normality. I do plan, I, I have been collaborating with other people uh, lately, you know, and getting involved with other musicians. Uh, and that's something that I want to do. There's a place down here called Fatbird that do like jam sessions, which is basically a live band together. Um, so I've been invited to do that. Ideally, I want to do my own gigs, uh, but I want to continue recording, getting a set together. Yeah. Because Although I've done a lot of other people's songs over the years, I'm finding that belief now in myself to start writing my own. Uh, And it's quite weird, and any musician will tell you this, when they play their own songs, they tend not to rely on, you know, props like lyric sheets and stuff like that. And 
you know, I want to try and move away from doing other people's songs and maybe get a set list together to do all my own set. Uh, when I look at the lads that I was at college with, the Lavums, you know, who I sent you the music. Yeah, they, ha they have ago, like, they had really taken off. And, you know, that just shows you it only needs one person to believe in you. Yeah. And who knows, you know, what can happen. And I'm quite happy with my lot at the moment. You know, recording, doing my open mics, helping other people, and hopefully my time will come. You know, to start doing my own gigs. Yeah. And I'd love to go back to Renfrew and go back to Paisley and Glasgow, and maybe do something up there as well. And you know, when that happens, you'll be more than welcome into the Pulse ninety eight point four studios for a wee live session. That would be would great. I would love to do that. I would absolutely love that. Now, you teased us the other day there on your social media page. You have an idea for your third single. It's more or less complete. Um, I came up with a chorus, um, which is, happiness is not a destination, it's simply a way of life. And that's my kind of mantra at the moment, you know, like one day at a time. And I just need to, like... You know, try and put the lid on the past, you know, despite trying to rewrite the past numerous times and failing miserably, yeah. you know, it can't be done. And I've just got to accept that and, you know, take each day as it comes. And it, it's been amazing. And, and that song, you know, although it's just a raw demo at the moment, I'm eager and I can't wait to get into the studio, you know, to add different things to it. Yeah. And, I think that's going to be the best one yet, to be honest. I'm nowhere near the accomplished musician as some people. You know, I'm a very straightforward guitarist. Um, people say I, I should have more belief in myself. And, you know, that imposter syndrome's always been a monkey on my back. But, you know, I'm a wee bit more positive than I used to be, and that's all I can do. You know, and hopefully I can carry that on into the next single. Yeah. Andrew, I look forward to the next single. But until then, I will keep playing Lockdown Love because I believe it is a song that should be heard on the radio, especially as we are coming out of the whole pandemic. And I look forward to welcoming you to Pulse 98.4, hopefully in the not-too-distant future, let's say. I can't wait for that day to happen. I've listened to a lot of the people that have been in session over the years. You know, I remember us talking about Jerry Cinnamon way, oh, way back. Yeah. Yep. You know, and before we came on air, we were talking about Goodbye, Mr. McKenzie. And that's one thing I'll always say, Ronnie. You know, we met through Gun, but music has been a massive language between the two of us. Definitely. And we've always, always related through music and you know, music's my life. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to, you know, you know, what's around the corner, the next single. Hopefully, further down the line, I can record an album. Uh, and if any of your listeners are interested, all my stuff's on Spotify and all the major streaming platforms. Uh, there is a limited amount of, uh, you know, CDs available if anyone wants to message me. And it's also available to download on iTunes and Apple Music and these kind of places. Fantastic. Andrew, we will say farewell for now. 
Andrew, thanks for joining us here on Pulse 98.4. Thanks very much, Ronnie, for giving up your time and inviting me, you know, and most importantly, continue to, you know, promote live artists, you know, unsigned artists and grassroots music. I wish there was more people like you, Ronnie. Anyway, we shall chat soon. And as I say, I'm dying to hear the next single and I wish you all the best with it. Thanks very much.
That's Andrew Canwell there watching the world go by. And during the interview as well, you heard his cover of the Waterboy song, How Long Will I Love You. Got a couple of bits and pieces left over from the interview and I've got an idea of how to use them on maybe the next couple of shows. I wanted to say thank you to Andrew for taking time out and chatting to us as well. And uh, Lockdown Love, as I said earlier, is just one of my favourite songs of the year so far. 